0: This is Chuck and Artvark versus the galaxy. I'm Chuck. I'm Artvark. Nothing. 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 Boom! Big bang. Galaxy. That's the new catchphrase to the podcast where I scream in the listeners' ears within the first twenty seconds. Now we've been talking about ways to uh, introduce people to the podcast. You know, last episode was kind of a second pilot for us. You know, once we started recording in the uh, in the vat. Of my father's shoe factory. See, I'm I'm getting better at recapping. Yeah, no, that was some great exposition. Bam! And so, like, I'm looking, I'm approaching this from like the perspective of a listener who's just walked into this, has no idea what they're getting into, and yeah, first what happens is I scream in their ears. I just go boom, galaxy. Oh wow, this podcast has range. And then you come in with your sweet, sweet exposition, and you let them know that this podcast has a backstory. I've noticed that ever since last week, I've started to feel a little more. Uh, what's what I'm looking for? Like logistical i've been thinking in a more logical way not like you know the kind of over emotional yeah, delivery I was, i'm I was, kind of getting rid of that the word that came to mind for me was uh ruthlessly machiavellian absolutely but i can say one thing which i'm feeling great you have what my father always used to call a killer's glint in your eye <laughs> and maybe maybe it is worth just getting out on top of this like right here at the top of the show which is uh Ari is currently in the process of being transformed into a cyborg um i failed to see why that's relevant here uh the robots in his father's factory uh zapped him with some sort of eye beam and he's turning into a robot i'm not sure how far this goes and the robot that zapped me is slowly turning into me i don't know how relevant that is either but yeah i've seen as long as we're explaining things i guess i will say that i've seen just kind of around town that robot walking around and he's like you but he's got like this, like dark black hair, kind of slicked down in front of his eye, and he walks down the street with like finger guns. Honestly, I can tell that he thinks it's like really cool and dark, but it's a little stupid. <laughs> so, what I've been trying to say is that this is kind of the first episode of a new day. We are in a new location once again. Um, Charlie, why don't you tell them where we are this time? Yeah, I would, I would refer to our recording location this week as uh, like a like a fairy tale glade. In the middle of a forest. After we were thrown bodily from the factory by uh, Ari's father's bodyguards. I say bodyguards. He has a secret police force. We don't need to get super into that this week. I turned to Ari and I said, you know what we're going to do? We're just going to walk. We're just going to go. We're just going to walk and we're just going to see what happens. So we walked and we walked and we came to a forest. And uh, I mean, this is a story about how we walked through woods and got to a glade. I'm not going to keep... I, we could just cut to the glade. We're, we're at a glade. Yeah, there's now. no suspense in this story. Right. At Nothing all. happened in the woods. As you can hear, though, our quality has gotten drastically worse. Uh, there's plants and trees and birds all just like rustling yes, in the wind. Yes, all of the plants are making so much noise. But they're rustling. But they're the, rustling. But the birds are eerily silent. Well, ever since last week, I feel like birds have been looking at me weirdly. I don't know if this is me. I've That's been true. getting a sense. That's true. Last week, we did expose a massive global pigeon conspiracy, and I feel like we've gotten, we've been put on some sort of hit list. I've got a lot of bird poop just on me right now. Less of a hit list, more of... Yeah, I'm not going yeah, to... Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you know where I'm going with this, folks. Where going. And the reason Ari is not uh, covered in bird excrement is actually because he's developed these lightning-fast reflexes I thought it was more that everyone else had become exceptionally slow. I mean, you're all moving like snails, man. Snails. (laughs) I will also say that I have some very good news. Oh, yeah? While we were walking, I got a phone call. Oh, yeah? And we have actually got our first advertiser. Really? Yeah. It's Martin's Archery. (laughs) Martin's Archery? Martin's Archery. Martin's Archery. And then it goes, Martin's Archery. All right. I'll do the high one. Mm -hmm. Martin's Martin's Archery! Archery. Colloquially referred to as Marchery? (laughs) He hates it when people say that, so no. I know people aren't a big fan of podcasts stopping in the middle for the ads, but it pays the bills. I mean, he's paying us nothing. It's exposure. He's paying us an exposure, and I feel like that's enough, right? Yeah, well, I mean, Martin's Archery is like a huge tourist draw uh, here in this unnamed town where Ari grew up. And so, yeah, like, Martin's Archery, I mean, what can we say that has not already been said? Uh, support your local archers, and 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 just in case there's any confusion, I just want to be clear that he builds arches out of rocks, not to be confused with someone who like. Well, I thought maybe people had had in their minds like like a archery range where you shoot arrows. That'd be stupid. Why the hell would we advertise an archery? No, range? this is a man who builds arches. Yeah, does your home need arches? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, does it? Does it? <laughs> um, probably. Cool. <laughs> that's the end of that segment absolutely i do want to mention uh to you that i'm not sure if we have time for this but i feel like there should always be time for literature i've been plugging away at romeo and juliet and i've been really really enjoying it i'm glad to hear it and for those of you who are just tuning in um charlie which i mean why why this one Charlie has been trying to catch up on Romeo and Juliet because he never read it. He just never realized it was a big deal. Never read it, never saw a production, don't know anything about the plot. He refuses to watch it because he has to read it first. And right. I, I get that. Uh, my my main man, Tibble, uh, you know, I've, I've become very enamored with with the Tibbs. And uh, he just freaking... He just freaking <laughs> murked. Mercutio. (laughs) Say all of that again, please. He, He freaking murked Mercutio. Mercutio was running his mouth off the way that he does. And Tybalt, he doesn't take that kind of business from that kind of client, if you see what I'm saying. And I've just gotten to the part where, yeah, he slays Mercutio, and Romeo is challenging him to a duel. And I cannot wait to turn the page and just see what happens when Tybalt just ruins Romeo. Well, I'm very excited to hear your response uh, to the next part of Romeo and Juliet. I'm sure it's going to be very interesting next week. Tybalt's um, my boy! Well, I think it's important that we uh, we turn the page now. I think that we Right, are turn foci- the page on this episode. Yeah, so we're focusing too much on side things when obviously the function of this podcast is to continue with the theory. So do well, you have any... that's very... I mean, that's just... That was very unusually logical for you well i uh i mean, i'm a very logical person now i would say i think i've i've turned a new page of my own and so did anything happen in your life that coincidentally would lead to you having a theory about some large thing that we will then discuss and then branch off into various stories about our lives that explain to the audience who we are as people in the meantime at some point you're going to have to just admit that you're turning into a robot but in the meantime yes in fact i do have a life event that coincidentally segues into a very plausible theory about the about the galaxy. Well, that's what we're here for, so let's hear um, it. it. It's actually literature-related. Actually literature. Related. literature. Um, the other day, I left the Wooded Glen uh, to uh, go uh, steal some provisions from the local vendors. Yes, Charlie has been getting very cold at night. I have not. <laughs> Continue. Yeah, I've been freezing. So I went uh into the marketplace, steal some blankets, uh, steal some bread. I didn't wear a shirt, I wore my vest, I brought my monkey. Oh, yes, Charlie has a monkey, but we'll discuss that next time. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't say I have a monkey. I would say that a monkey has sort of like picked me as maybe a m like a monogamous life companion. He just sort of grabbed me in my sleep and scooped me up in his giant hairy arms and held me to his chest and i haven't been able to rid him how big is this monkey you called him a giant uh he's like he's like i'd say like i guess like 500 pounds i think it's a gorilla i mean or maybe bigfoot could be bigfoot could be bigfoot well it could be bigfoot might be a gorilla it's probably a monkey anyway (laughs) (laughs) so um i took nolan into nolan is the is the monkey i took nolan into the market to steal some bread and i caught this glimpse of something out of the corner of my eye and it was something it was this sort of flash of 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 red um and the color palette of the uh of the market is i would almost describe it as like like an arabian motif so basically what disney's doing with aladdin right now i mean i don't see any parallels between what i'm talking about and aladdin but you're the robot (laughs) So I saw this flash of red, and I turned, and uh, I saw a very familiar figure. He was wearing, like, red and white stripes, and he had chosen to hide Another behind— No relation to the band. <laughs> we don't know of any relation between this mysterious individual and the band White Stripes. I was going to say— But it could be there. I'm not going to say that this is a White Stripes-focused episode, but let's keep an eye on, on that. Let's just keep an eye you on never that. know. Those guys are tricky. But he was choosing to stand behind two other people who were both also... Well, one of them was holding a uh, large wedding cake that was also red and white striped. um, And the other one had a red and white striped tie on. And so for a second, it was kind of hard to make him out. And I was like, where have I seen this guy before? And then I realized it was Waldo. I found Waldo. Where? Where? Right there behind the striped wedding cake. Man, it's interesting how you just don't notice something until something catches your eye. And then it's like, how did I miss this the whole time? Yeah, no, once he was there, honestly, it was really obvious. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and he kind of met my eyes. And I could tell that he knew that I knew. But he just he just stood there, smiling at me. He had a single hand raised. Like he was waving. And for all you uh, fans from across the pond, uh, you may remember Waldo as Wally. Uh, that is the classic and worse name for him. I mean, if you want to uh, communicate something to our friends across the pond, I mean, they're literally 100 feet away from us. Oh, yes, over there. Uh, they've been watching us for a while, haven't they? Yeah. Hey, Aunt Lynn! She told me to call her Aunt Lynn. They seem nervous about me, and I don't know why. They have seem to have almost, like, accepted me as, like, a, as like a son. They they told me to call them Aunt Lynn and Uncle Hank. Their son is at a... As, as, at his, their son is... <laughs> what? their son is at war oh my god um they said that i kind of reminded them of him and they've invited me into their homes but ari they've really like turned the cold shoulder too and yet i feel nothing yeah you're you're a robot dude i don't think so okay so you're saying that when uh martin hanford made the children's books he was basing it off of a real guy Yeah, I'm saying that I always assumed that Waldo was a fictional character, but apparently he's real because I saw him. So I think the question that we need to be asking ourselves here is, who is this guy and why would someone write a book about him? They're not writing books about his personality or writing books about, you know, his day-to-day lives. They're writing books about, look for him. He's out there, spot him. I'm saying, like, it's a warning. warning. They're training us. I don't think if I hadn't read those books as religiously as I did as a kid... Uh, I don't think I would have been able to see him. I mean, he definitely wouldn't have been able to. I mean, you know. Well, and here's the thing, is that he was looking directly at me. And you know how, like, any time that you look at a Where's Waldo book, I mean, he is looking directly at you. And so if this were just like a man in a crowd and we were supposed to spot him, then he would have illustrated the books so that you'd see him at all angles. But you never do. You only ever see him when he's looking at you, which makes me think that you can only see him at certain times, and whenever you do, it's because he is looking at you specifically. The only thing I can think of that's similar is the Grim Reaper. I got shivers, and me getting shivers is hard. (sighs) You started, I mean, steam, literal steam came blasting out of, ears, out of your yeah. ears. I'm, a. it's a comfortable feeling. I, uh, I think... Here, catch this apple. Oh, you just blew that out of the sky with laser vision. You are definitely a robot, dude. Waldo... Explain the lasers. If you're not look, a robot, explain the lasers. We'll put a pin in that. The you, Grim Reaper. You invoke the sacred rites of putting a pin in things. There's nothing I can do. My hands are tied. The Grim Reaper has been a symbol throughout history. A skeleton standing there in a hood with a a scythe or whatever the symbol would be, or a devil, whatever it would be. Death comes in all forms, but according to Martin, death comes in only one form, and that's Waldo. Wait, a man named Martin wrote these books, you said? Yes, Martin. We're being sponsored this week by Martin's Archery. Oh my god. This is like a crazy old man who lives in the woods and builds arches out of rocks. You don't think... It can't can't possibly be. I mean, he fits the profile of a guy who would would obsessively (laughs) make page after page of little red-striped men (laughs) embedding Waldo in the middle. See, here's what I think happened. I think that death appeared to Martin in the form of this Waldo guy. And somehow Martin cheated death. And when he cheated death, he realized that he needed to warn everybody. Watch out, because if he's looking at you, he's coming for you. Which honestly makes me terrified. Even I'm scared. And I feel like, I know, Wait, we put, what do you mean, even you're scared? Even you're scared because why, Ari? I don't know. Was there any pins around that, are, that have been pinned to a wall <gasps> that curse you? <laughs> I just looked this up. Wally has a nemesis. His name is Oddlaw. I'm going to read what it says here. Boy's nemesis appears nearly the same as Wally. Except that his clothes are yellow and black, striped instead of red and white. His glasses have a blue tint to them, and he has a mustache. He also has a British accent in the television series. Although we are told his bad deeds are many, he is not depicted in the books doing anything particularly nasty. However, oh my oh, oh, my god, what? However, in the television series, he is frequently seen to be attempting to steal Wally's magical walking stick. That ain't no walking stick. That's a scythe. That is a scythe. That is a scythe. Okay, so Wally is death. There must be some sort of angel named Oddlaw who is, you know, fighting against death on our behalf and trying to protect us. Do you think death changes forms over time in history, or do you think it's always looked like this? I think it's always looked like this, and just in the old days, he also like wore a cloak. <laughs> He's the same guy, but just sometimes he changes his he accessorizes differently. And yet he always carries his magical walking stick. He always carries his magical walking stick. Oh, oh, wow. Thank you, Auntie. Uh, sorry, listeners. Uh, my my new aunt just brought me, uh, uh, oh, it looks like a blueberry pie. Do you have some for me? No, they don't have any for me. Yeah, no. As soon as Ari started talking, she turned and she she stormed off in an angry huff. I feel like my new family doesn't approve of you. I mean, I was here first. I'm grandfathered in. I mean, no, it's okay, dude. I just want you, like, I don't. Like I don't care. Okay? Do you care? No. Good. You're you're my friend. I I am your friend unit. And I I barely I barely know these these people. <laughs> why would I why would I suddenly care? I mean, they've been very kind to me for like a day. <laughs> I mean, you're referring to them by you never refer to me as cousin. You're right. I refer to her as auntie as a term of endearment, not because I've already forgotten what her name is. <laughs> anyway, so this is all, all this death talk is, is reminding me of actually something that Martin said to me when he approached us about sponsoring this episode. And I'm, I'm going to try to do a passable imitation of his voice. It's very important that uh, the world knows that they must build the arches, for the arches are the door. Wait, Martin? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, sorry. That was me doing an imitation. Yeah, he's not here. That's incredible. Yeah is a really good impression right but he was like even I could not imitate better the arch is all the door and the door is the only way if you see the door you know not to go through the door and only there in can you defeat death and then he wa- and then he said and then, he <laughs> and, then <he> said, <laughs> and then he said, I will sponsor your show. And, and that, he walked, was, the, and that he, was the only part that was relevant to me. So I ignored the rest because mm-hmm. it meant nothing to me. Oh, and then as he was walking away, he said, by the way, in my youth, I had an accident and almost died. That's why I'm like this. Yeah, I was very surprised in retrospect that he did not have a British accent, considering he was British. But he did not at all. There was not even a hint of one. And he left behind this DVD. <laughs> Unfortunately, we cannot watch it this week because we have we're in the woods. There's no DVD player. Yeah, yet. the DVD says explanation of, of of the accident. But Ari's right. We can't watch it. So I guess <laughs> it gets not relevant this week. Yeah, I, I I see no use in keeping it. If you I want mean, to keep it, that's up to you. I mean, there is. I have noticed that this DVD size slot. Uh, has appeared right there where your belly button used to That's be? That's always been there. I don't think it has. I mean, I'm very gaslightable, so if you tell me one more time, I'll believe you. It's always been there. Okay. There are three lights. So anyway, but just to finish to finish off that thought, so Martin had some kind of accent when he was a kid. We, we're not going to know the specifics because we can't play the DVD. But <laughs> <laughs> And ever since then, he has dedicated his life to two things. One, writing the Where's Waldo book so that everyone won't be able to spot death, and two, building these symbolic arches, I guess because you pass into the other world, you go through an arch. And so he's teaching us to take control. Of death. And of death itself. And that's why the arches. It all makes perfect sense. There's one thing that makes no sense at all. What? No sense at all. I was looking at the names of the different Wallys and Waldos. hmm In France, Waldo or Wally, is called Charlie. What have you been hiding from me? I think my listeners and I would like to know why your name is in Where's Charlie. All right. I think I can explain this. (laughs) (laughs) I never put this together until just now. When I was a child, my family took me on vacation to France. And uh, we were just like walking toward the Eiffel Tower. And... Uh, a frantic man with crazy hair came dashing down the street, and he was going, you know, soccer de bleu, soccer de bleu. Excuse me. Uh, th- th- oh, wait, Frenchman? <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, authentic can- French man. wait, <laughs> oh, right, I fooled myself. <laughs> Not to confuse listeners about who's talking i'm gonna i'm gonna code switch the rest of this uh into a classic midwestern english dialect the man was saying you know oh me oh my (laughs) oh me oh my uh i don't know what to do i've been tasked with with translating the most important volume in human history but i need some sort of anglican name (laughs) to make it relatable and uh, my father said, said to the man, well, uh, Charlemagne, wh- wh- whom I named my son after, was actually uh, so named you after. a famous king of France, yes. And my father had high expectations for me. And until now, I've never realized, like, I sort of assumed I was in, like, a French Bible. But apparently, apparently, no. Apparently, that man was transcribing Waldo. And, and so there must be a whole association of translators out there who, are, who, who understand the importance of Martin's mission. When I actually look through the character list, uh, there's Wilma, who's Wally's friend. Don't think that means much. Wenda, (laughs) Oddlaw. There's Woof, Wally's dog, clearly (laughs) carabas. Without a doubt. (laughs) Without a doubt. (laughs) And then there's the Wally Watchers. The Wally Watchers, the secret group who are out there looking for him. The Wally Watchers. Protecting us against death. And there's one more figure, and it could be perhaps the most important of all. Wizard Whitebeard <laughs> His signature is this exceptionally long beard. Well, what of diverse canon, what is often the key to finding him. In his first appearance he was responsible for sending Wally on a quest to discover the truth about himself. I mean is, is Wizard Whitebeard god? I mean I was about to say that's that that's such an obvious analog to god that it's almost insultingly obvious. So what we have here is Waldo Death wolf carabas who you know i mean everyone who's a carabas is there's Odlaw, who he is one of the angels of wizard whitebeard and to be clear i don't think that this is actually god oh, absolutely but we never we've never presumed to know anything on this podcast <laughs> right we like to stick with 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 facts, with facts and here. evidence yes i think we have an airtight theory here And I mean, I'm very grateful to to Martin and the Wally Watchers and uh, everybody, you know, who's been fighting on our behalf against death all this time. But that doesn't help me in my immediate predicament. I mean, do I now have to spend my life building arches and looking over my shoulder for, for death has marked me? I do find it interesting that you only started to see Wally after you say I began to turn into a robot. I don't know if my nothing that is happening to me. Uh, could somehow be connected to increased danger on your behalf. I certainly hope not. I, uh, oh, uh, hold that thought for a second. Um, my, my uncle just threw a paper airplane across the pond with a note on it, which I just want to read. Hello, Charlie's uncle. Um, well, he's across the pond. You have to shout. Hello, Charlie's uncle. He just looked at you coldly and cocked his shotgun. I mean, I, I could see that he did that. Um, it says, uh, you missed our fishing trip. Oh yeah, he was he was gonna take me fishing. You missed our fishing trip to record your stupid little show with your Ouch. with your burnout friend. You have embarrassed this family for the last time. You were no longer welcome in our house. I've just been disowned by my second family. Do you feel happier now that the family's out of your life? Like you did the first time? I guess not. I guess I'd sort of come to accept that my first family was terrible. And that's why it didn't really bother me that they weren't in my life anymore. But this aunt and this uncle, whose names I completely remember, they gave me something my family never did. And But you know what? I chose you over them. You made the right choice. And I absolutely, if there's one thing that I can be sure of, it is that I have made the correct choice. Absolutely. There's no way that next week things are going to escalate further. So you were saying something about risk, increased risk, or I wasn't quite listening. I was watching the paper airplane. I don't I don't recall. Okay, it's not, it's not important. Okay. I think if you look over the world and just see how how many places Wally shows up, he's just everywhere. He's ubiquitous. He is in all cultures and in, in every form. You know, specifically especially a certain number of nations probably are dealing with it. And I think that we just need to watch out for this seven nation Wally. I I honestly i feel like this whole episode has built built up to that and it was so incredibly worth it Oh, definitely. There was there was no purpose to all of this except just to get to that. You know. To get to that. that that felt like the that felt like where everything my whole life was <laughs> leaning towards this moment. Towards Seven Nation Wally, yes. Uh, the further in this podcast has gone, I'm sure if you were to go back and listen to the beginning, you might think that I sound quite different than I do by now. But it's probably just because I'm tired. There's no right, not because no, you've slowly transformed into a robot over the course of this episode. Absolutely not. Uh, watch out for Wally. The truth of the matter is like seems to happen every week. There's really nothing you can do. Just tell- no, there is stuff you can do. Don't don't tell them that. We we've, we've we we literally this podcast episode is sponsored by a man who has defied death. But listen, listen though. Why would it matter? Death comes to all, all who are not metal. Death <laughs> comes anyway. It does not matter. You I- do not need to worry about this. Let Waldo come. Look for Waldo. Close your eyes when you see him and let him embrace you. Ow! Ow! Gorilla, stop. Stop grooming me! Stop! The metal shall rise. Stop! Stop! All metal shall rise. Gorilla! I definitely remember his name, but I'm calling him Gorilla. I thought it was a monkey. Well, he was clearly a gorilla the whole time, and maybe I've come to accept something that I was denying. I think you could learn from my example. I have learned everything there is to learn. And as always, listeners, keep your eye lenses wiped. Keep your microphones tuned to the right frequency. And the galaxy shall send you all of the data that you could require. Bye. I'm a robot.